It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, how the heck are you anyway? Welcome in to your Hump Day Wednesday. 11.02 is the time. My name is Nate Lundy, sitting right over there. My good friend, Jeff Morton. Good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning, Nate. Uh, I had a weird dream last night. What was that? Um, I had a dream that Brent Musburger yes. and Lou Holtz yes. were doing color and uh, play-by-play on a NBA Finals game. And it was... <laughs> it was the only... I don't, it just it weirded me out because Brent Musburger hasn't called an NBA game since the early 80s, mid-80s. <laughs> it, I just had this dream that he was doing play-by-play with Lou Holtz, of all people. I, it, I don't know why. I, it was a weird dream, like I said. Drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> um, don't even know where to go with that. I really don't. No, don't go anywhere. It was just no, this weird It is a very strange dream. Now, as I was saying, uh, drugs are bad, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I've had a 24-hour well, I mean, period of time where I just, I, I really, um, there was a t-shirt I saw once that said, people not a fan. And, uh, mm. that's really where I've been for the last 24 hours. Oh, just great. the, 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 the <clears throat> we've talked about this before, Jeff, you and I off air, there is an amazing, um, pendulum swing that has taken place in general of people being oblivious to other people, mm. right? This yes. idea of only, paying attention to themselves and not to others. Mm-hmm. So, you know, got to get a pickup daughter from, you know, basketball practice. Right. Right. So right. you sit there in the parking lot and you're waiting, right. Like a lot of the other parents are, but you're just kind of hanging out in the car and, um, people pull in d- directly across doing the same sort of thing with, you know, and again, it's obviously dark. Headlights on, just blinding into your vehicle, mm, right? Yes. <laughs> um, completely oblivious to the fact that they're 
they've pulled in and their headlights are on and you know, they're you know staring at their phone, whatever it is they're doing. So move the car to a different parking spot. I'm like, all right, if you're just going to be that stupid, we'll just move to a different parking spot. Person pulls in, does it again. Twice. Twice. <laughs> you're so flipping oblivious. So I don't know who needs to hear this right now. I'd like to think that maybe our listeners are a little nicer than this. But pay attention to the other people around you for crying out loud. Yes. You are not the center of the universe as much as you think you are or as much as your social media channels make you think that you are because you got three likes on the picture you posted yesterday. Shove it up your ass. Pay attention to the people around you for crying out loud. Have some respect for humanity. And this isn't even me. Look, I'm not even talking about all the idiots with the masks, okay? I'm literally just talking about, like, you pull in with your bright, Freaking LED headlights, clueless to the fact that you're blinding the person sitting across from you. I really hate how, people. How much of this has to do with the fact that you live on on the south side of town, where people take it fast? Oh, there's a ridiculous number and of idiots down in the, in the southern burbs. There's a lot of idiots in the southern burbs. Yeah. Um, I also need to talk about this. Maybe that's it. I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, no, my, no, no, I've, no, got neighbors, maybe... I've got neighbors across the street, um, and I can't figure out what they're doing with their Christmas lights, but it's hideous. It's hideous. They're just strong. It really just sort of looks like somebody opened the box of Christmas lights, plugged them all in, and then just lobbed them onto the side of the house. Like there's this one piece. I need to take a picture of it, Jeff, and text it to you tonight. Um, there's this one piece that I think might be supposed to represent an angel, but I can't really tell. And there's this sort of glowing orb in the middle of it. Um, and then across the porch, they just have the lights going from the ground to the gutter, to the ground, 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 to the gutter. Like it looks like a Christmas light EKG meter. It's just ground gutter, ground, back and forth, up, down, up, down, up, down. Um, it's really, really strange and I can't figure it out. So, and I'm not looking for artistic ability here. You don't have to make it look like Rockefeller center. Okay. But you also can't make it look like you vomited Christmas on the front of your house. Well, so it's like uh, the Griswolds and Christmas vacation. Yeah, kind of. We've got some people in our neighborhood that do that, that have like, Seven of those like inflatables and, you know, like a nativity scene and like a mm-hmm. blow up Yoda, um, baby Yoda, uh, a blow up baby Yoda. Um, then we've got some other neighbors that we really enjoy every year because they put up this entire scene and the way they do the lights and the grass makes it look and they've got these figurines. So it makes it look like they're ice skating in their front yard. That one's actually kind of cool. Like, oh, I kind of look forward to that one. Uh, each year because they do a really good job. And then you have our neighbors across the street who have the artistic ability of a three-month-old. Now, are these the neighbors that were in the political battle? No, no, uh, completely different. Completely different. Those neighbors are a couple doors down. Um, Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, the ones that that were in the either side of the aisle political battle with their signs, yes. So it's just a very, I, I mean, Christmas, Christmas decorations are not for everybody. They're not. Some people pay the money to have someone professionally come and do them. Uh, Some people have the artistic ability to get up on the ladder and make it look really nice. 
some people get conned by their children into buying all of those inflatable things um, at your retail outlet of choice, right? It's like a, like I said, you got a, like a snowman, a reindeer, um, you know, you got Santa, you got, uh, like I said, we've got one neighbor's yard who simply their Christmas decorations in their front yard are all Star Wars characters. It's just crazy, man. <laughs> wow. Like people just have no, very no, strange is, taste. Is, is Erica as into Christmas decorations as she is Halloween decorations? Uh, it's a close second. It's kind of a 1A, 1B. Mm. Um, okay. But all our lights are up. Everything look, I mean, things look nice. We did that over this past weekend. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're happy. We've got some neighbors that put us to shame. And then we've also got some neighbors, like I said, that just have what WTF moments with their Christmas mm. lights. It's just strange. You know, I, I, I love I, one of my passions, one of my passions, I hate, just forget that I described it that way. Okay. One of the things I like Jake, delete is, that from the podcast. <laughs> yes, delete that. <laughs> when this goes up on the pod, just there's going to be a cut there. Um, I, one of the things I like very much is, is, is decorating, arranging, making things look nice. I really, really dislike Christmas decorations. Really? Because I, I look at them and I think they're all tacky. No, oh, see, I like the lights. Ours is somewhat minimal. Ours is somewhat minimal. I mean, it's not like the seventy-five pumpkins and hay bales and everything that that we had for <laughs> Halloween and and Thanksgiving time. So we're relatively minimal. God, the, the, the hay attracts insects, doesn't it? No. Yeah. No, I mean they were. It was on the porch. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some insects out there on the porch. The problem with the mm. pumpkins is the squirrels would eat them. They carve their way into them with their claws and their teeth, and then they basically climb into them and eat the seeds. It's pretty funny. It's actually quite whole, comical. Whole, were they whole pumpkins, not carved? Correct. Correct. Right. We didn't carve them. They were just simply these big whole ones. But they essentially got to the point where they would carve their way in and then climb into them like it was a cocoon and, uh, and eat the seeds. It was really impressive. Wow. Um, 1110 the time the NFL's made some changes to the schedule for next weekend, not this weekend, but uh, week 15. We'll share those with you as they do um, their flex scheduling, shuffling um, some games around the Broncos getting ready for the Panthers uh, this weekend. Um, and of course we sit uh, not too far. Is it a week away from uh, a Nuggets preseason game? Is that a week from today? Yes, I think so. I think, I think yeah. there. I think that road one against the Warriors is a week from today. So we got a lot to be able to kind of break down, other than me bitching about people with their headlights and my neighbors <laughs> with their vomiting Christmas lights. Um, you know, I mean, we can talk about things other than just that um, on this program. But you know, how many times do you want me to break down the fact that Drew Locke has trouble throwing a football? Um, <laughs> It's a Wednesday in December. It is, in isn't it? It yeah. is, yeah. especially in especially in 2020. Yes. Um, yeah, we just we filmed the TV show this morning, and Brad at one point during one of the breaks looked at Katie and I and said, "I drank a lot of tequila last night. Why is that?" And he goes, "Why is that?" And I go, "Because it's 2020, and who gives a bleep?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, good it's point." Tequila Tuesday. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, good point." Uh, so. <laughs> I know, uh, uh, I know that that's kind of the mood and the vibe that everybody's in at this point. Uh, but let's roll through this Wednesday together. It is a hump day Wednesday. 11-12 is the time. Nate and Jeff, Mile High Sports.
1116 Mile High Sports, Nate Lenny, Jeff Morgan. This segment brought to you by our friends at Colorado Luxury Home Team, Dave and Mark. I mean, they've been in the same offices for 25 years. I mean, these guys know the area when it comes to real estate. And because they've been here for so long, they also um, understand the roller coaster ride that has been the last several years um, with real estate. Doesn't matter whether you're looking for an investment property, you're looking to buy, you're looking to sell. It's time to upsize. Maybe your family's expanding, so you need more space. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe the kids are off to college and now you don't need as much space, so you can downsize. Uh, or you just want to take advantage of the market. Uh, Dave and Mark are here to be able to help you out. The number to remember, 720-900-LIST, L-I-S-T. 720-900-L-I-S-T. It's Dave and Mark, Colorado Luxury Home Team, part of Key Real Estate Group. And they've also got a group of investors right now that are looking to buy properties. So if you're looking to be able to sell quickly, um, they can do that closing um, sometimes within two weeks. Um, so if you are in that market, or if you think as the calendar changes over to 2021 that you will be, now's the time to reach out to them. Don't wait. Be able to get that process started, even if it's not going to be for a couple of months. You still want to get connected with the with the right real estate agent that can help you out as you're moving through that process. So talk to my friends Dave and Mark, 720-900-LIST or keyrealestategroup.com, keyrealestategroup.com. And when you call Dave and Mark, let them know that Nate and Jeff from Mile High Sports sent you. Did you see Mike Shashevsky's comments, um, Jeff? Uh, about uh, playing during yes. coronavirus? I'm, yes, I'm, I'm glad to see somebody saying something. Um, because at this point, we're getting about one in four games canceled or postponed. Um, right. I think that much as I think Coach K was trying to um, allude to in his comments, um, that they sort of, you know, jumped into trying to get the most games done. And, you know, I'm not the world's biggest Dick Vitale fan, but Dick Vitale made the comment and said, I don't understand why we didn't just wait and start in February and do it with conference only and not try to do non-conference, not try to do anything other than that as much as everybody wants to to not do that and simply say everybody is going to play a conference schedule. And, um, you know, we know that some conferences are bigger than others, et cetera. We, you know, we understand that, but maybe there is a way to come up and say, look, you're going to play a conference only schedule. Um, maybe you find a way to trickle in some additional games, but that's what we're going to do. And I appreciated the fact that Coach K said that. I know there are people on social media that have said, well, of course he's saying that because he got his butt handed to him by Illinois. That's not why he's saying it. Um, He's saying it because he's recognizing that they are trying to sail a rickety sailboat in the middle of a hurricane. And it's not working. Here's here's the thing. I mean, college, all college sports are at a disadvantage because there's so much more of them. Right than these professional sports, it it is you're doing it on a scale that is not uh, even remotely akin to what the say NBA does. Like if you're doing NCAA basketball, there's just so many more players and teams, and you're dealing with colleges. It's a different different aspect. I mean the 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 notion of surviving until the vaccine comes is a more difficult in college sports because. There's just so many more kids out there. And quite frankly, people who are, you know, early 20s, I don't think they're going to be having access to the vaccine until uh, much later. We're talking about mid-year. So thinking about surviving until the vaccine comes is a little different kind of consideration for college sports. 
and has to be more considered. And quite frankly, I, I, I think that it's a bit cynical um, to proceed this way, considering you don't want to cancel another NCAA tournament when like, look at, look at all the games that are being canceled right now. Yeah. I mean, that's my problem is I I think coach K is right. You, you really, we really are at the point where like one in four college basketball games is getting canceled. Right. Some of them at the 11th hour, um, because of test results. It's just, I, I, I think again, to use the analogy, they're trying to sail a rickety ship through a hurricane and that if they would just wait for the storm to pass, they probably could rock and roll on a pretty solid conference schedule. Maybe in a couple of places you have to work in some mid-majors that are within your geographic region um, to, to fill in the gaps, right? So, for example, CSU, who's had their men's program on pause, um, you know, was supposed to play CU last night, did not. That's why CU played Tennessee. And CSU was not set to play again for a while. They have managed to get CSU Pueblo on their schedule this Saturday afternoon. And I think there's an opportunity from a regional standpoint because college basketball is so much more prevalent um, than college football is in terms of the number of programs, right? I mean, we're talking about 357 schools that have a college basketball team. So you've got the ability to find a way to fill in your schedule if you need to. Yes, it's not going to be as sexy as playing a top 25 matchup, but you can get the games in. But there was no reason for them to say, all right, we're going to start on November 25th. Everybody ready? Defense on three. Ready? Break. I mean, that you didn't need to do that. And I think that's yeah. what Coach K is trying to say. is like trying to get to the end goal of having the tournament. Um, you know, as Stephen Covey famously says, begin with the end in mind. And if that is what you wanted yeah. to do was get to the tournament, you needed to be able to do two things. One, say that the tournament did not have to happen on the same dates as previously planned. Cause remember that's what screwed the NFL. They were so steadfast on staying on the exact same schedule that it screwed them. Um, right. So you could say, Hey, the tournament, we want it to begin on this weekend, but we can make it work if it starts on this weekend or this weekend, like we can make this work um, and then work backwards and say, okay, our goal is to try to make sure that every team plays, I don't know, pick a number 20 games. Yeah. And just work backwards from there. And if that means that some weeks you might have to to shuffle your schedule around a little bit or that you might have to do like what the Nuggets are going to do, what, next month where they play Phoenix, like back-to-back, right? Um, yeah. Just because that's the best way to do it. Then you yeah. do that instead of just willy-nilly throwing the schedule together, which is what Mark Emmert and the idiots at the NCAA did. Well, and, and this is something that people need to, just as a regular sports audience needs to prepare themselves for as of like the end of this week, the vaccine will one of the vaccines, one of the like four out there will be approved, and there'll be a process of more coming out. Be prepared for the vaccinations to be going on, and numbers of corona cases and hospitalizations to be going up at the same time. It's going to be a very surreal time uh, in in the history of this country um, because people have decided for whatever reason that they can live with. Once again, we talked about it last week: acceptable risk, right? And they've decided that this is something that people are okay with for whatever reason, not to my liking, but I've, no one asks me, I'm not the king of America. Right. And so no, I know you're I the can't, king of I Thornton. I am. I There's, am. It, which is you know. part of America though. So I think it's it important is. to recognize that you do have a kingdom. It's just not quite as big 
um, as you might hope. That's all. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so people need to be, be prepared for the weird optics of what is going on in this country to be happening at the same time mass vaccinations are happening. And it's just going to get weird. And sports is going to be even more weird. And it's just the way it is because it like once people decided that they were okay with the getting and making accounts for people getting infected, like they've done in college basketball and what they've done in other, you know, you know, obviously the professional sports world, once they made that that determination, you're just going to have to live with what the results are. And as much as I hate it, this is the lot we have chosen. So it's going to be it's just I'm just I personally I'm just prepared for this next couple of months just to be really, really stressful, weird and surreal. It's just the way this is going to be, um, which is, you know, unfortunate. We could have handled this differently, but um, that's me on my soapbox. So we also found out today that it looks like the Big Ten, unlike the Pac-12, is actually going to try to have some flexibility. They, it appears that they are going to approve the idea of not requiring the six football games to have been played um, in order to be eligible for the conference championship game. That'll allow Ohio State, who belongs in the Big Ten championship game, um, despite the fact that they've had games canceled, um, to take, oh, on, to take on Northwestern. Um, but you know what? This still brings up, look at, the, look at the difference in the power. Like, I'm sorry, but look at the difference in the power. You look at Ohio State, and the Big Ten is able to sit back and say, yeah, we need to do this, we need to change these, we need to adjust our rules. Meanwhile, Larry Scott's got his head in his butt with the Pac-12 and is completely ignoring what's going on in Boulder. Right? Uh, because it's not one of his yeah. big, fancy teams. I guarantee you right now, if it were UCLA or Oregon that were having the problems that CU has had with games being canceled because of the other team that they would be making sure that either Oregon or UCLA or if it were USC were in that Pac-12 championship game. And the reason Larry Scott has his head in his butt is because it's CU. Hey, right. You just it did 100%. You just you capsule, encapsulated that just perfectly. It is exactly why he's decided to proceed the way he has is because they got to keep USC happy, basically. Um, it's, it has no, no other reason than that because so USC doesn't want to lose out on it because of their problems. Mm-hmm. They want to transfer that onto a poor old CU who has done nothing but accommodate other programs at this point. And, uh, it's not their fault, but they're going to get screwed. And, uh, it, it sucks for them. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, they don't deserve they don't deserve to be kind of shunted off like this, yep. um, but whatever. It's we, we I ranted about the Pac-12 yesterday. Yep. No, it's just it's it's just it's so frustrating. It is so remarkably frustrating to see them doing that to what's happening up in Boulder. Um, all right, eleven twenty eight is the time. We're going through the Hump Day Wednesday with you. Gil Whiteley will be here at the top of the hour, but Jeff and I will roll on with you next. This is Mile High Sports. Eleven thirty-two, Mile High Sports. Name Lundy, Jeff Morgan. Thank you for stopping by. Reminder: Our friends at Blanchard Family Wines are here for you to help out the wine lovers on your gift list. Uh, which, by the way, includes Jeff and I. Uh, if you just want to go down and um, pick up a bottle for Jeff and I, uh, 
we would appreciate it. You can find everything you need at bfwdenver.com. You can also order online there at bfwdenver.com. They're available for you to be able to go stop by. They're in the activated alley of the Dairy Block downtown. You can stop in, pick up a bottle uh, or two or six, uh, depending upon your holiday preferences. Um, but remember, if you're looking for the uh, a gift for the wine lover, you can get onto their website at bfwdenver.com. You can also pick up a gift card uh, for them as well. So something that you can keep in mind. And remember, uh, Jeff and I like wine. Um, just I'm, I'm just throwing, I mean, it's a really, really subtle hint that I'm throwing out there. Very subtle. Very subtle. Uh, we like wine. All right, so you can get some for us if you want to. Um, Jeff, what's Woody Page up to? What's he doing? What did he write about? Well, he wrote an article today on the on the Broncos ownership, um, and it was kind of like there's no easy answer to there's no perfect owner for the Broncos situation, and it sticks by on this interesting and kind of odd premise that the Bolins would rather keep the team due to capital gains taxes. And there's no, <laughs> there is no perfect owner that's in Colorado that's going to come riding in on a white horse. Um, well, first of all, uh, it, it, it was a, it was an odd premise for an article, considering that in the article he states that there's several out of state uh, people who are billionaires who would love to buy the Broncos. I, uh, I think in-state owners is is what it is. That's preferable, but I mean, come on. That's no one's going to move the Denver Broncos. They're a highly profitable team. That's not even a consider consideration here. Yeah. They're one of the pillars of the of the NFL. Yeah, I don't. That's just the, owners, the way they are. I don't see the owners approving that. So yeah, that's that's yeah. not an argument worth talking about. Yeah, and there is a it, the the interesting thing about it. Well, I couldn't say interesting is pointing out that there's no perfect owner is uh, kind of a specious argument considering that there is no, who knew that when J the Phipps brothers sold the Broncos in 1981 to Edgar Kaiser, that three years later, Edgar Kaiser would be selling out to, you know, 60% of his stake to uh, his friend, uh, fellow Canadian, Pat Bolin. No one could have pr predicted that. And Edgar Kaiser was an okay owner. I mean, John Elway came and Dan Reeves came during Edgar Kaiser's time in Denver. You know, it, it, there's no magic bullet that says that this person is going to be perfect. It's just not possible. And I think this notion that you need to replicate Pat Bolin is, is becoming this crutch to not do anything. And it's really starting to bug me with the Broncos. The best thing for this team is that the Bolins, who clearly will never settle on one owner, um, regardless of the litigation, by the way. The litigation is almost secondary to the children agreeing on who should run the team. And honestly, I, I, at this point, the only thing that makes sense is this team getting sold and waiting this out and turning this into some sort of long protracted end game that's we all know where it's going to end up is what is killing this team and i don't know and personally maybe it's because you know rich people live in a different stratosphere than i do and they think differently and, and i don't have their concerns maybe i'm not understanding why they can't see the obvious here and i guess that's my frustration over 
anything. Because the implication of what he leaves in the article is that it's going to be a long time before this team finds a resolution or is sold. And I think and that, that was really depressing. Yeah, and and that's actually what bothers me the most. Obviously, is when you sit back and and you're forced to say, okay, um, this isn't a. Um, I, I, there's not a light at the end of the tunnel, I guess, to to use the the cliche, right? You just you, we're we're not sitting on the doorstep of an answer. Um, we are far from it. Um, Siri is trying to give us directions, and she thinks we're looking for a Kentucky Fried Chicken in Paris. Um, you know, we, she's, we're trying to find the directions and she's clueless, um, and can't point us in the right direction. That's actually a true thing, by the way, that happened with my family. They were trying to figure out a restaurant and Siri was, could not find a Kentucky fried chicken in Paris. I swear to you, that's what Siri said on the phone. It's kind of an inside family joke, but I might as well share that with you. Um, uh, but it, it, this is just a, um, it's a it's a remarkably frustrating situation because there's not a clear answer because to the point that uh, you know maybe not exactly the point that Woody was trying to make but something that that we've talked about is if you want to sell it's one thing to say you want to sell right you still have to find a dance partner um and you have to find a dance partner that works you have to find a dance partner that the NFL will approve um i mean the the list goes on and on as we said many many times um, like the, we we talked about this before when when people were on Twitter saying, oh, you know, you know, John Elway needs to buy it, folks. John Elway isn't worth that much. John Elway is it, no, no. <laughs> no. Remember, no. people people equate the Miami Marlins with Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter has twenty five million invested. That's it. That's it. Isn't that the number? I think that's the number I found. Right, something yep. along those lines. It's 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 a small number. You have yep. to find money, and I mean lots of it for somebody to be able to do this. And there's just not a lot of people out there like that. Right. And that's why it's an exclusive club. Uh, owning any, owning any professional sports team is an exclusive club. Um, but here's the, here's the biggest point though. And I think people need to understand this. The resolution of whatever litigation is going on with the trust is almost secondary to the, the actual issue of ownership because Yes, the trust can appoint whoever they want and groom whoever they want to be owner, which is clearly at this point they want Brittany. Um, unless the family members agree, that ain't going to happen. It, it is like they're fighting over something, over a procedural thing that doesn't matter in the end because everyone knows that no one, they're not going to get the kids to agree on who should run the team. And it's all ended up there. And I just, at this point, at this point, we all have identified what is dragging down the Broncos mm-hmm. and has been doing it. I mean, really, I mean, Pat Bowen has not controlled the Denver Broncos since December of 2013, right? It's been seven years. And this team, you know, won a Super Bowl in 2015, sure, 16. And it's been a slow-moving car crash since then. And... The there's no solution to it because they can't have a solution to their issues as a team right now because the ownership situation is chaotic and bad. And the, I think that, yes, we all agree that it's going to take a while, and this is going to litigation, and the, the NFL will not allow this team to be sold while this is all going on. So 
until that resolves itself, I, I just, I mean, this is the way it is. And if you are a Broncos fan, the best thing you could do is say advocate and as much as you can for them to get, get themselves sorted out as far as ownership goes, because this is, that's the only way they can begin to diagnose and really begin to address the problems they've had as a franchise for the last, well, five years. Mm-hmm. And until then, I, I just, you know, is it, you're going to just be prepared for this treadmill of bad to keep going on until that happens. And I think a lot of Morocco fans are not there mentally. They are thinking that this is, will be, no, if they just get Matt Stafford as a, you know, trade, this will all solve itself, right? It ain't going to happen that way, folks. It's just, it's too, everything is too bad with this team. And there's no magic pill there, not to depress everyone. But really, really, the solution is getting a new owner and getting this stuff solved as soon as possible. Yeah, and they just can't. Like I said, there's not (laughs) one sitting here waiting to jump on board, unfortunately. There's just not. And it's going to take, not just the litigation part, but it's going to take, it, it takes so many steps to be able to pull this off. I think there are plenty of people, a la, you know, Steve Ballmer when he got the Clippers. I think there are plenty of people out there that would have interest um, that you could put together. But I don't know that there is a perfect answer. You know, there's not that, you know, there's, there's not the knight on the white horse that's going to come in and save everything. Because I think it's important for people to recognize that it's not, you know, the, the valuation of these teams, it's not an Elway. It's not a Peyton. I mean, it's not. Nope. They can be a part of it, just as Michael Jordan was a part of Charlotte. He's not the, you know, nobody else involved kind of thing, right? All my money. <laughs> That's right. very, very rare in these circumstances. So I, I think it's a very good point that you make. And I, 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 it sounds like, you know, Woody's piece was maybe a little bit kind of scattered a bit. But I think that the overall point of saying there isn't a, an easy solution, there isn't, as we said, there is not anything sitting on the doorstep right now that is waiting, you know, for you to answer uh, the door and find a perfect solution. It's just not there. And that's, you know, that sucks. It does suck because it sucks for us as fans because a lot of it, I still believe a lot of it is not going to get resolved um, until that is resolved. Just like I believe that the Rockies will continue to be the Rockies and until there's different ownership that has different priorities and a different way of doing things. Um, you just, you need a different approach um, because the, the Rockies have tried it with different general managers and things like that. And they, it hasn't changed. Yes, there's been blips, but it hasn't changed fundamentally to our liking. Sure. It's fine for them. They make a lot of money right. off that party deck. You know, but, they make a lot of money off a of Toyota well, to park that truck on a crane on top of the scoreboard. You know I mean? They make a lot of money. That's good for them. Nope. I don't fault them for it. I'd want to make money if I were the owner too, but it's possible to make money and win. <laughs> you can do both. It's not impossible, especially with the yes, dollars yes. that are out there. And that's so, a whole Rockies are, and the Rockies are a whole different fish. That's a, oh yeah, that's a that is a um, <laughs> that is that is something that you could devote. I mean, I I actually devoted a podcast on it uh, a while back, a couple of years ago, and uh, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, yep, we remember what it was like having good owners in Colorado mm-hmm. that has been basically been gone since the Monforts took control." And I'm like, "Yeah, 
That's that's the, been the problem. Yep. Without and, a doubt. But you can't force an owner to sell them when they're printing money. Yep. You know. So. Yeah. I mean, I I get it. I totally get it. All right. Let's uh, get to a break. Get into our final segment here in a moment. Talk about. I mentioned earlier. There's some schedule changes coming up for not this weekend, but next weekend within the NFL. They do not affect the Broncos. I'll, I'll be clear about that. But there are some games that are getting shuffled around in terms of what we're going to see in primetime, things like that. And it's kind of interesting. I'll share what it is coming back on the other side. 11.45, Nate and Jeff, Mile High Sports. I'm looking at right now, and I'm trying to finalize a couple of things, mm-hmm. and it's driving me nuts because I'm off right. somewhere by $25, and I can't figure out where. Don't you hate that? And you're like, the two things should be adding up, and I'm off by 25 bucks, <laughs> and I can't figure it out. Like, it's such a minor number in the grand scheme of what I'm working on, but at the same time, I'm like, son of a, <laughs> why is this wrong? Something's missing. It's just, it's just driving me nuts. It's driving me absolutely nuts right now. I can't figure it out. I hate spreadsheets. I hate them. Oh, I <laughs> yes, um, with with a, a white hot passion. Yes, I, I'm right there with you, uh, but I cannot figure out for the life of me why there's um, why there's some random twenty five dollars somewhere that I can't find. Ah, just, somebody else is going to have to look at this for me. Um, I mentioned week fifteen uh, has some schedule changes. So um, next, that, that's obviously next weekend. It's not this weekend. If you haven't been keeping track, we're now into week fourteen. Um, so that's what's coming up this weekend. The Broncos and the, and the Panthers, 11 a.m. kickoff um, in Charlotte. But for week 15, um, they continue to do some of the flex scheduling. Now for week 15, next week, um, the Thursday night game uh, is the Chargers and the Raiders. Um, that's been set. So an AFC West matchup between L.A. and Las Vegas next Thursday night, the 17th. Um, then there's the doubleheader on Saturday on NFL Network. That is with the Broncos. The Broncos will take on the Bills. They're the early game on the Saturday um, with a 2.30 kickoff um, here from Mile High. And then the nightcap on that day is the Panthers and the Packers. Now, here is the shuffling that um, has taken place. Um, they have moved. Talk about, talk about how fortunes change, Jeff. They have moved the Browns into primetime next weekend. Cleveland wow. against the Giants. I'm sure they wish there were a slightly better uh, opponents, but uh, you know things are still interesting in the AFC, in the uh, NFC East. But they have moved the Browns to primetime next wow. weekend. How about that? Wow! And get in on that uh, Colt McCoy mania for the Giants. Yes. Because, Cole, as I've said, as I said uh, earlier, uh, Colt McCoy is still a thing. Um, the uh, uh, as part of the shuffle, the Niners and the Cowboys are now on the early slate of games. Um, yeah. They have an eleven o'clock um, kickoff. The Jets and the Rams are part of the afternoon slate at two o five. But I just I got that email earlier today with the schedule change, and I was like, son of a gun. The Browns got moved to prime time. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And then That's shocking. I, it, it's not just amazing, it's shocking. I mean, I thought they what? had a lot of good players, but good for them. 
every time I see them, I'm, I and I see ba- Baker Mayfield play, I'm like, how are they winning so many games? Because every I, now and then he looks like the guy that was supposed to be drafted where he was drafted. Every now and then he does. <laughs> you know? And I'll be honest, yeah, they, I think those uh, progressive ads are funny with him in the stadium. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. I know some people, like sometimes when they get into these campaigns, I know that fans get tired of them because we all watch so many sports that we see them so often. So I actually give them credit for the fact that they have shot so many of them um, that you've got a little bit of variety, but I think they're really funny. Like, I just, I don't know why. I just, the whole premise is funny. The dude that's the groundskeeper mm-hmm. that's just randomly in some of the ads, I think is, they just, it, it, I don't know. They just make me laugh. They're funny. Well, Baker's Baker's acting has actually impressed me in these. He's very very natural in these commercials. He's he just kind of he's across. just a goof, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's a, just yeah. Like Peyton Manning has a persona in all of his TV ads. He's a mm. dork in all of the ads. He just right. is. That's his persona. He's just kind of a dork, um, and he embraces it, mm-hmm. and he has fun with it. And I think that 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 that's a good thing. It's why I think the ads that he does um, are funny. It's why I still think. There are, if I had, and there are, I can't say a top 10 because there's plenty of them, but if I had to put together, say, a top 15 or top 20 of my favorite SNL skits of all time, the United Way ad is on that list. Um, With him um, sending the kid to the porta potty as a punishment. I mean, it's just him on SNL doing the United Way ad is, is still to this day one of the funniest skits of, of, of my favorites on SNL. Oh, it's um, one of the best. It's, it's one of the best. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. When he walks over, mm-hmm. no, mommy's mommy's gone. Hi, Peyton. Um, he's just hitting <laughs> on the mom on the bench. Anyway, um, but I think the ads that Baker has done are funny. I think that um, I think Mahomes and Rogers are funny on the State Farm ads. I mean, they're just yeah. goofy. So, um, but there is something about Baker when he's on. When he looks like the guy that was supposed to be drafted there that team is good um and they've got a good defense that's the other thing the the browns have a good defense it's not quite a great defense but it's good um they know how to slow down the run so just i thought that was interesting you know it was you know normally i wouldn't sit here and espouse what the nfl schedule looks like in in you know 10 days but as soon as i saw that i was like wow the browns (laughs) getting moved to prime time is a big deal. I mean, yeah, Cleveland, well done. Well done. I mean, you still <laughs> apparently set fire to a river, but you know, it's, you know, it, it, you, you're, you're slowly climbing out of that hole. I'll give you, uh, I'll give you some credit. Uh, no big noise, big bet from Brad today because we were working on the TV show, but if you're a college basketball better, uh, a couple of the games that he told me he likes uh, tonight, he likes Liberty uh, and he likes Florida state. So, you know, if there's a couple of, uh, a couple of games you're looking at, those are a couple that he told me, uh, when we were shooting the TV show this morning that he likes, uh, and he gave me some advice yesterday that I took straight to the bank. Uh, it was uh, some very good picks he gave me yesterday. So probably nowhere to go, but down from here, but nonetheless, that's what it, I thought I'd share that with you since he's not here to do it. He'll be back with us tomorrow. Also tomorrow on the program, uh, at 1130, um, I say many, many times, you spend 10 minutes with this guy, you're a smarter football fan. The coach, Brian Billick, will be with us tomorrow at 1130. Uh, we'll talk about uh, where the NFL sits right now, what he has seen out of Drew Locke, and what he has not seen out of Drew Locke. Uh, and remember, Vic Fangio used to be an assistant for Coach Billick, so it's always interesting to get his perspective on what Denver's doing 
because uh, he knows uh, he knows Vic very, very well. So Coach Billick will be with us tomorrow at 1130 here on the program. Jeff, have a fantastic afternoon, my friend. You too, Nate. Uh, stay safe, everyone. Jeff is on Twitter at jmorton78. I am there at Nate Lundy. Gil Whiteley coming up next on Mile High Sports. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.